is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Your war room for insider news and draft analysis from deep within the confines of Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Dallas selects Emmett Smith, running back from Florida. And now your hosts, David Hellman, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, and Kyle Yeomans. Ten weeks until the future of football is ushered in to the NFL in Las Vegas, Nevada, as the NFL draft is just 70 days away. That leaves us, the DallasCowboys.com draft show, just 70 days to investigate and educate all of those listening out there. We're glad you're joining us again here from the SWBC Mortgage Studios in Frisco at the Star. Jeff Cavanaugh. Mr. Kevin Turner, I'm Kyle Yeomans. Without David Hellman today, an empty headset off and to the right. That's unfortunate as Mr. Hellman is down in the motherland of New Orleans at the moment. Having tough. a fun time. Yeah, he's he's living the rough life at the moment. That is tough. It's tough. I don't know how they're going to get through that. Uh, I put in a request to get him hologrammed in, but they uh, didn't have it in the budget. So oh. that's fine. We'll get it next time. Uh, we'll talk to Scott about that. We'll pick up if... the slack uh, for Dave, who's probably partying right now. <laughs> it is only 11 o'clock. I mean... It is NOLA, though. It's also New Orleans, yeah. yeah it's yeah. also NOLA. They've been going for three hours. That's fair. Yeah. They've, they've been up since 8, uh, ready to work. But so if we, we're ready to get diving into the NFL draft. It's crazy that we're now 10 weeks away from the draft. That, that'll kick off on April 23rd in Las Vegas, Nevada, down on the Strip. And, well, guys, we, we pride ourselves as a show of not just talking Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys draft needs. We talk about the entirety of the NFL draft. And, I know recently, at least through the first five shows that we've had, we've talked a lot of Cowboys just because of the question marks and the needs that are there as an organization. But I feel like today we're going to do a good job of talking generalities in the draft. And wanted to kind of start things off by talking about our top fives in these positions. And I feel like we've started seeing these pop up, these articles. Mm-hmm. I mean, Bucky Brooks... Uh, put out a top five this past week. Tua. Dame He's Brugler. Got Tua at the he top. does have Tua at the top. Tua I was thinking top. about that, which is crazy. Dame Brugler had a top ten list of positions by a week. And uh, a lot of those kind of shook up what I was thinking. And, and I, it kind of got the wheels turning a little bit as to what exactly are the top fives out there. What do our boards look like as a whole? And I feel like... KT, I know you texted in our group text throughout the week. You were kind of thinking the same thing. Kind of got the wheels turning a little bit. It is, and I, I try really hard to – I don't I don't like to avoid that stuff because it is content, but when I see it, I, I just don't change what I feel. Yeah. But don't go change your board based on what you see You know, someone else thinks. So if you disagree with Dane or whoever, Daniel Jeremiah or Jeff – then that's okay. You don't want to disagree with me, buddy. It's fine. That's dangerous. Um, but it is. it does make you start going, okay, it is, as you get a little closer, it really does make you start thinking twice and maybe looking at your notes again or maybe yeah. watching tape again on someone who you might not have been sure on the first time or second time. And then that makes you kind of get your stack going a little bit better, and that just gives you gives you those feelings. Hey, we're getting a little closer yeah, here. We're almost closer. there. So I started like pinning down some of these positions, and – once you do start stacking them up a little bit better on your board and then kind of reread some of the notes that I had on them and just kind of refreshing myself on the players, 
I started going, yeah, I feel much better about things than I did a month ago yeah. when we were talking about it. And it's crazy because when you think about the Cowboys specifically and all of these NFL organizations, the, it's going to be ever-changing. Mm-hmm. I mean, even right now, our top fives at the moment are prior to the Combine. I mean, the Combine isn't even here. And then even after the Combine, we're going to go into Pro Days. And I take more out of the Senior Bowl and, and Shrine Bowl for some of these guys yeah. than I do the Combine. I mean, the Combine is fun, but Combine is more about... A lot of times, accurate measurements. Uh, sometimes there's a few drills and uh, athleticism, but but I really take more out of the Senior Bowl than I do the Combine. Or at least I get more excited for the Senior Bowl than I do the Combine. The combine. The worst thing about the Combine, Kyle, yeah, is that all of our corners end up getting in trouble. <laughs> if they're listed yeah. at six foot, they're about to be five eleven. Yeah. If they're listed at five eleven, they're about to be five nine. Antoine Win- or Antoine Winfield's going to turn around and, and be about five eight. He's going to go five oh nine six. He's going to be five nine and three quarters. Get ready for it. Can wide receivers get in trouble now for being too tall now? Uh, with, as we, so as we the rule, progress? I, I have a pretty good handle on how this works. If a guy's listed at six three, he is six three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the line. If a guy is listed at six two. He's six one. If he's listed at six one, he's six foot, and on and on and on. But at six three, they'll let you be your real height on a school's website. What about above that? Uh, they'll keep you at the regular keep height because they don't want to go height. too big. Okay, you know, because you'll get creeped out if they're like, "Hey, this receiver is six foot 11. They'll be like, "No, he's six three. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. want you. They want him to be normal. <laughs> they don't want him to be kind of uh, a freak of nature in yes. that regard. Uh, well. With all of that being said, and, and with the in the spirit of building boards and, and arguing mm-hmm. back and forth, we're, we might get a chance to argue with Jeff Kavanaugh right. because I put together all these graphics, and there was not a single top five out of these five positions that we're about to run through that was the same. That's the beauty of it. Not the same. I mean, that's 25 different scenarios we're about to pull up. <sighs> I'm looking at my own, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> and we've, we've got all these scenarios. Let's start with safety and our okay. positional top fives. These are from... Us three at the moment. We'll get Dave involved with this at some point whenever we get to some of these other positions. We're going to start with KT and the oh. safeties that KT has pulled up at the moment. And it's interesting to look at, at your board, starting off with Grant Delpit. And that's the name that's been out there for the Cowboys really since day one. I feel really great about my top five safeties. Delpit is... To me, and I saw, I saw Jeff retweeted something today of, the, of this mock draft roundup yeah. for the Cowboys who pick at 17. Mm-hmm. And like five of the six mock drafts had Xavier McKinney. And I just don't have Xavier McKinney in that top 20 range. Wow. I just And I, and I do have Delpit there. And if Delpit goes at 25, that's fine. But, you know, 17 is probably about that 15 to 25 range is kind of the good spot. Uh, for him in the draft, I, I think it's not even close. Uh, when I look at that safety group, I just don't think Xavier McKinney is that close. I don't have questions about Grant Delpit covering people. Mm-hmm. I do have questions about Xavier McKinney covering people. Okay. Now, the questions about Grant Delpit tackling people, that's fine. Missed 25% of his tackle attempts this year. I'm okay that's with a lot. <laughs> 20% okay last year. We know that he was hurt. Okay, and Missed that's the easy thing last everyone year. goes back to. But in 2018, he was fine. He wasn't missing those tackles in 2018. Well, he missed said 20%. He missed 20% of his tackles. Well, you watch it on tape, and it's not as bad. He had what better you watch, tape in 2018. But he had a lot better tape in 2018. The missed tackles are a thing. How, how many guys? He's my we, top safety, but the missed tackles are a thing. Uh, okay, how many guys over the years have we seen though have a year when's their final year when they can declare to go to the NFL draft and it's not as good as the year before? 
Now, whether some, that's because they got more attention and, and teams are game planning for them, mm-hmm. or is it because sometimes you're making business decisions and things like that? I don't know. I don't know. And maybe we need to find out more about Delpit. Maybe that's the big thing you can take out of the combine is yeah. teams interviewing. Well, I think and, I think those two right there. Uh, we'll take a look at at. Uh, at Jeff's uh, safeties in his top five safeties, but I think it's really those two at the top, and I think all three of us had Delpit and McKinney as the top two safeties, but is there a disconnect from the guys after that, though? And why is there such a big disconnect? I don't know. I think... I don't think it's a huge disconnect. Between them and Winfield? Or Davis? No, I don't think it's huge. I don't think it's huge. I mean, to me, Winfield and McKinney are very close. Yeah. For me personally, I mean, and we're talking about size and a little bit of durability issues with Winfield. Okay, that's keeping him from that. I mean, are, are, are you guys comfortable with Xavier McKinney covering? Comfortable enough with his back to the ball. No, no, but you know that probably won't happen much because you're playing him as a strong safety right. here. Tight ends, running backs, yeah, things like that. I'm comfortable with him, but I'm with you. He's not my he's not my top guy. Grant yeah. Elpin is my top guy. Well, let's look at, at, at Jeff's top five safeties oh, overall. And, and, oh, man. Uh, it, it is still uh. Delpit up at the top. And, oh, wow. Yeah, that's kind of uh. what I wanted to get to. Why are we highlighting stuff? Why yeah, are we highlighting that, There's a reason things. why I highlighted that. Why you got Burgess at four there? Burgess of Utah. All right. I'm just going to read you. I'm just going to verbatim read the notes. Okay. Go for it. Can't plays say. as a three-deep safety. Plays some man from slot. Good athleticism to catch up if he's ever beat. Can run down drags, uh, even if he's behind on the coverage. Dependable low tackler. Everything about him is very smooth. Natural mover. Understanding of zone concepts. Covers running backs. Blitzes. Plays more nickel corner than safety. Nice change of direction. Plays with a motor that doesn't cool down. So calm and such a fluid mover. While five routes are happening around him. A touch undersized, but good player. Did see him fall off a tackle against USC. Mm-hmm. I like him. I like the coverage aspect. At safety, I think the coverage aspect is so, so, so important. And I'll probably be the lowest guy on Ashton Davis, and I like him, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just watching um, the Burgess film at Utah. He was just a guy that I really, really liked because I think that you can trust him to cover. Mm-hmm. You can trust him to tackle, not necessarily as a, a powerful finisher, but a guy that's going to get people to the ground. And yeah. I just love his ability to cover. So you're comfortable taking at in the second round at pick 51? Are you comfortable taking Terrell Burgess? I got him as a two three. Okay, are so you, he probably wouldn't be my best player available. Are you comfortable taking Ashton Davis there? Got him as a 2-3. So I'm going to be the Ashton Davis I, hater, and it's going to make me go back. I've, well, I've done two games of Davis, and I'll probably do four or five because I, I want to be, by the time we get there, more confident in the order. And, yeah, I knew that would surprise people. But when well, I watched him, that was the guy I felt better about. And one of the things about Burgess is that he's not on a ton of radars. Now, he was talked about because he was at the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. and he, he performed well uh, over the course of the week in Mobile. But one thing that I like about him, and, and that's one of the reasons why I highlighted him, because I feel like this is a guy we can talk about, of being in that first three rounds as a legitimate starting contender at safety. He He's not afraid to step up and plug a gap when needed. Yeah. And I like that. He plays downhill. He's a solid tackler from the get-go. Uh, m- more of a... More of a strong safety, I guess, than free is where I would see him at overall. But I, I like him as uh, as a... Uh, a safety. Now, I don't have him in my top five. My top five goes McKinney first, and I was ready to kind of argue. Oh, with you guys he wants about to it. fight. He wow. wants to I fight. I was ready KT. to argue about it, but I feel much better after you threw out the stat because I didn't know the 2018 stat, the 20 percent 
of missed tackles. I didn't know that. I didn't know it, and you wouldn't know it by watching the tape. Not, exactly, and I Because he made so many plays. 2017, exactly. he missed – Grant Delpit missed eight tackles. 2018, he missed 16 tackles. 2019, he missed 20 tackles. So just four-plus this year, and that's where the difference has been oh, no. made in terms of let's <laughs> – <laughs> miss some tackles, but hey, I'm here to go get the ball. Uh, I also have Kyle Duggar in my top four as well. We, we should talk about Kyle Duggar yeah. from Lenore Ryan, which is a Division II school. I, I also went leap of faith based on Senior Bowl, based on YouTube, like three games on YouTube, yeah. based on clips that you can find if you just go search the internet. But in my film database, I don't even have any Lenore Ryan games. I've got so a couple you can come going, watch if you want. I'm going leap of faith on this guy. Yeah. And until and that's why I'm glad Jeff brought up Terrell Burgess of Utah. And their names, a, a guy that's left off your list at Texas, Brandon yep. Jones. And there are a few other guys, you know, at safety who, who might make a little sense a little bit further down the road. But to me, I do think it's a clear top three. Mm-hmm. At least at Delpit, McKinney, and, and Winfield, however you want to order that. I and really, a lot of people have Davis in that top three instead of Winfield. Uh, and I did I, at the beginning, and I, I don't yeah. think that anymore. I think I, Winfield's better. I understand it because you do see it with Ashton Davis sometimes. Like, you see that he can instinctually be ahead of the play a little bit. Yeah. And that's what kind of excites me. What worries me about him, like, what I really like about Winfield is that he is stout. And what I really don't like about Ashton Davis is he's got kind of an eel-like... He does. He's, you know, he's thin. <laughs> an eel. Yeah, like an eel. An eel. It's slippery. Dude, I'm telling you, his chest is small. It's really crazy. Not that I've seen him with his shirt off or anything, but I'm just like, look at his frame. You go, oh, man. We need to pack on a little bit there. Kind of going back to Kyle Duggar of, of Lenore <laughs> Ryan as well, but this is a guy who was named the best defensive player in Division Two, but he only played... Uh, just seven games this year due to a little bit of an injury yeah, issue. Now, business decision. It was a business decision. At the same time, he goes to the Combine, and after making some people look a little silly on film throughout the year at D2, he goes, or not to the Combine, he goes to the Senior Bowl, rather, and he was able to show out one of the best safeties, if not the best safety in Mobile, and that's why I kind of have him in my top four as and well. You, you can find Division Two players that... Okay, so the tape's not going to be readily available. I played at uh, Abilene Christian in 04 and 05, and I played with a guy named Danielle Manning, Mm -hmm. who ended up being a 10-year starter in the league. He was picked in the Mm -hmm. second round by the Chicago Bears, and you knew it. On the practice field, you knew it. In the games, you knew it. Just because they're Division II doesn't mean they can't go in the first two or three rounds and be ballers in the NFL. be legitimate NFL talent, and and that's one of the reasons why I have him up there in my top four. Let's stick with secondary, going to corner. I'll start this one out. We'll go the reverse order this time, but all three of our top corners are the same and it's really no doubt about it it's Jeffrey Okuda from Ohio State what a guy I mean and then once we go from two to five that's where we start to differ a little bit Christian Fulton is my second one Uh, I've also got Jeff Gladney at five I like what Gladney brings to the table from TCU Christian Fulton at LSU is my second best corner on the board at the moment I like it. I like, uh, well, I'll say I like the order of your first two. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then you want to switch it up after that? A, a little bit, but I know that, you know, that's that's a list that I think is standard. And I don't mean that as a positive or a negative. I just yeah. feel like that's sort of the order that I've kind of seen guys in from different people. We put a lot of faith in what mm-hmm. Dane does Absolutely. and, you know, a lot of other people. Uh, my order will be a little bit different, but I also think that it's a really good cornerback class. Yeah. We've talked a lot about, oh, the receiver group is really deep and the offensive tackle corner to me so far watching tape is up there. I've got eight guys in the first two rounds, and there could be more. So 
I don't have Trevon Diggs in my top five. Okay. I have Okuda. I have Fulton as my second guy. C.J. Henderson at Florida is the third guy. Jeff Gladney at TCU. And then Damon Arnett, Ohio State, is my kind of slept-on guy that I really like. I watched him. I studied him the other day. And Arnett, watch him play Clemson. Yeah. They were going at Okuda. They weren't going at Arnett. Mm -hmm. And I, I just I love his ability to play cover three, to play man defense, uh, stickiness in coverage, aggressive. I, I just I think that uh, that Arnett's a really good player that's not talked about enough. And does his size kind of bother you a little bit? He's a little small. He's listed at five eleven, Kyle. Yeah, five eleven, one ninety five, which means he's probably five oh nine seven. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's and that's part of why I didn't give him a first round grade. Okay, is because I think his tape you could put him in the first round. I think uh, the size, but the way he competes for a football in the air, that's not affected. You yeah. know, he's mm-hmm. going up. Uh, knocking away balls intended for T. Higgins. He's not afraid to play with big receivers and play the catch point, gets his head around, plays the ball in the air. I, I'm a fan of Damon Arnett. A little grabby when you go on the inside routes, yeah. but cover three, press man, I like him. He got uh, a lot of targets, too, because you know they had Sean Wade, who I thought Sean Wade was going to declare for the draft at Ohio State. And yeah, then, of secondary. Yeah. Okuda, you know, so he was going to get a little bit of action. Um, I don't have him as highly graded as you, but I do like Damon Arnett. And I've got him kind of a, a little bit further down. I've got him at seven, so I'm right outside the top You're five. my cornerback nine. Um, for me, it's Okuda of Ohio State. My uh, This is the one that I think people are killing me for right now. Jeff Gladney of TCU is my second-ranked corner. Wow. Not, I don't think you're alone there. I do like the Jeffs being so high. Uh, this is great. That's true. You got some Jeffrey time. <laughs> this is outstanding. Yeah. CJ yeah. Henderson of Florida, I absolutely love. Christian Fulton of LSU. And then my fifth corner is Trevon Diggs of Alabama. But we can start to talk about Cameron Dantzler from Mississippi State yeah, getting he's into the mix on the there. Door there. That's too. my seventh corner. Um, I, I his, like him a lot. His tape against LSU is incredible. Cameron Dantzler, Jamar Chase could not get open on Cameron Dantzler. Which is saying something. Couldn't do it. Chase got open on everybody. Yeah. With Gladney, and he's, uh, this is where Combine could be huge for him. Mm-hmm. Now, he may go run a 4-3 something, but I'm not sure that matters as much. His speed is evident on tape. You don't worry about his speed. Uh, I have him measured at 5'10", 183. Now, I don't know. That was, that was in the spring. I've seen guys... I watched some defensive tackles last night who were like 30 pounds more at the Shrine game than they were Listed. back in the spring. Yeah. Wow. So it's like, okay, they were transitioned inside. With Gladney, 5'10", is he going to be 5'11"? His size will absolutely matter. But I do think he plays pretty tough on the outside. And I think aside from Okuda, I think he's the second best mirror corner in this draft in terms yeah. of just turning your hips and running with someone. I want to take this really quickly. If the Cowboys pick at 17, mm-hmm. And they don't move around. Mm-hmm. We're sticking and picking at 17. How many of the corners on your list would you be comfortable going, oh, that was a good pick at 17? Like high-fiving pick or just a solid pick? Sure. Let's say how many are a high-five and Ooh. how many are a solid pick? I have three that I would say, you know what? I have two that I would say, I would say two I'm in high-fives. Yeah. Okay, I have one high-five and then two where I'd go, okay, and then the That's other one's right back. I'm, I'm ruling out Okuda, too. Right. Okay, oh, see, that's see, probably I'm, high five. I'm not, I'm not yeah. ruling. Yeah, he obviously won't make two. it. Like Fulton or Henderson, I would go, okay. And then see, for and me, I would like Henderson there too. Anybody else, and I'd be like, yeah, you couldn't have moved back. Yeah. Uh, see, I'm not feeling the same way you are about Gladney out of TCU, though, KT. Yeah. I, well, like, I, I like him, and he's number five on my list. But at the same time, if he were to be picked by the Cowboys 
at 17, I'm not high-fiving anybody. Well, I've got a little nugget for you in the second segment about him that might give you a little bit of the Cowboys are going to have a good chance to to spend some time with him. Okay. So that'll be that'll okay. be something. A little bit of a look ahead. I like it. Let's go one more position before we take our first break. And we're going to go to the offensive side of the ball. This will be fun. Tight ends. Okay. We've got plenty of tight end differences. Oh, and man. Of course, this is a class that, I, I mean, I even tweeted about it this week. I'm not very high on this tight end class, but I think there are a couple guys that could be difference makers. We're going to start with KT's top five in terms of tight ends in the draft at the moment. Now, I thought yours was interesting because right up there at the top, you've got Mr. Notre Dame, Cole Komet, up there. Uh, and that was kind of interesting to me because he was on Jeff and I's list, but uh, he was a little bit further down. Yeah, I just think you're getting a guy who's super pro-ready right now, 43 catches last year, which is you know not anything huge or anything, but the soft hands really stand out. He looks very comfortable. It's like he's catching an infant every time a football's thrown at him. <laughs> catching an infant? That's a, yeah. That's, like, we've hey, got an eel, and we've got catching an infant. I mean, that's why KT, if he ever releases a draft guide, I oh, will pay five grand. Awesome. Because the references will be hilarious. <laughs> I, I think, look, he's not going to blow you away with the speed or anything like that, but I think he gives you... I think he's a safe pick. And again, I don't have a first-round graded tight end. But I think he does enough to get down the seams. His athleticism, you're probably going to question at times. But it's just uh, enough as a blocker in line to just kind of get through it. Now, again, I'm not excited about Cole Komet as my tight end one. Would not take him at 17. Would love to have him at 51. Okay. Um, But, you know, I I do think you're getting a guy who's ready to go immediately. And we've seen a lot of second round tight ends in the past. I was thinking about the Bears and Adam Shaheen and that workout. Gavin Escobar. Man, Gavin Escobar. If I took Cole Komet in the same range as those guys went, Mm -hmm. I would feel so good about it because I do think he's ready to contribute. Is he going to be Ertz or Kelsey or Kittle? No. I don't think so. Probably. I don't know if the athleticism is there. But I do think he can be a threat immediately. I don't think any of us have a a round one graded tight end. Do you, Jeff? I do not. I didn't think so. Let's take a look at yours really quickly in your top five. Oh, man. um, Once again, it's Mm. Komet down at the bottom, but you got Harrison Bryant of FAU, Hunter Bryant, Washington, Troutman of Dayton, and then Bryson Hopkins of Purdue. Yeah, as you can tell here, uh, you know, I just I don't like having differences from KT because being judged and or shamed yeah. are my two greatest fears. It's ru- it's pretty rough. As you can tell, my top two guys are more of your big slot players, mm-hmm. Harrison Bryant, Hunter Bryant, and they're also the guys with the really big production numbers. Harrison Bryant, Hunter Bryant. I think both were over nine hundred yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison is actually the one that I liked better, and I may be alone on having him as tight end number one, but he was over a thousand yards last year, huge production, love the speed, love the balance, big threat, slot fades, outs, corners, crossers. He did have a couple of drops against UAB. He also made a circus catch in that game. Yes, yeah, then, he did. Then Good he caught Lord. a short crosser and got destroyed and didn't mind, yes. still made a hands <laughs> catch. Uh, ran over a guy against UTSA. It's weird because he doesn't really get his body down for the contact, but he's just naturally strong enough to kind of bounce off it guys sometimes. It seems like defenders just bounce off of him. It's yeah. kind of what it looks like. Yeah, you can kind of toss guys around. So I, I like Harrison Bryant as my top guy. I like Hunter Bryant as my second guy. Mm-hmm. And then Troutman at Dayton is my third guy. And like I'll readily admit that Cole Komet, I think, today would be a better NFL player. With Troutman, you're looking at, oh, Future. he's a freak. 
Yeah. I think he's a really big, strong, tough. I don't think he really knows what he's doing. Yeah. But I think somebody will pick Adam Troutman uh, in I mean, the mid or five, back second round. With a, a wingspan of almost 78 inches. And then not even that, but he's athletic at the same time and he can run. Yeah, I, I do worry a little bit about those kind of guys, though. Like, I have Troutman as a third round guy. Because okay. to me, that's where I would take the risk of watching when he's in line. They snap the ball, and when he's coming off the line, he's basically just plowing into whoever's trying to play bump and yeah. run. And then whenever he gets through it, he gets through it. Like, there's nothing technique about it. It's just, oh, well, I'll just start and, running. And it's like, if that doesn't work out at the next level, you're going, uh oh, real quickly. And <laughs> yeah. that's why the tight end is a position that I will readily admit. I'm happy to get rid of on my offense. Like I, we can get some big wide receivers. <laughs> that's or why I'm picking the big wide receivers and, here, and that's why. And that's kind of why I had Komet at number one. Yeah, is because at in that position, I'm kind of going just something safe. Because I really might not have any use for you in my offense. And that's a good transition because I'm the same way with my top five. Because at the top of mine, I've got Hunter Bryant. You talk about a smaller tight end who can do everything for you, who's basically a wide receiver. I mean, the guy is he's in the backfield. He's on the in the slot. He does everything, or at least he did everything for Washington at the time. Then I've got Komet as my second. Harrison Bryant, once again, like we just talked about, another one of those do-it-everything guys. And then I've got Thaddeus Moss in my top five. I've got him at number four from LSU. Adam Troutman kind of uh, rounds things out at number five. See, what's going to be really interesting, and the combine might help some of these guys, not that the 40 is uh, end-all, be-all at all. Yeah, well, but, I yeah. want to know what but, Thaddeus Moss runs it in. I agree, because I'm waiting I, on his 4.8. Well, I yep. want to know what Cole Komet runs. I want to know what Hunter Bryant, Hunter Bryant may go run a 4.58. Yeah. You know? Harrison Bryant may go run a 4.65. Yeah. You know? Is Cole Komet going to be in the four eights? Is Thaddeus Moss going to run a four nine? <laughs> yeah. I watch uh, watching Thaddeus Moss. There are times where he will do some. Uh, he'll go up and get the ball like his dad would. Yep. He catches everything. But, but my goodness, you go. He is lumbering to get yes. up the yeah. field, and and that's probably going to be a problem. Now, is, is it safe to say that tight end might be the class that bounces around the most in the combine? I think because I think it could. I think it could be one of the the, the positions I, that we see jostle around more so than the, the rest. I don't think you're going to see many risers out of that. Yeah. I mean, and, and maybe... What if just, Troutman runs a 4-5 flat? Maybe it's Troutman, and maybe it's Hunter Bryant from Washington. Yeah. Maybe those guys rise, but I still think you're going to get a you know a class... I mean, I don't know. The wide receivers are going to hold off on everyone. I think they, the wide receivers as a, as a class could, could kind of fall back a little bit, and maybe yeah. that does make room for some tight ends, but... I just don't see anyone rising there except you know the two guys we kind of talked about. Man. It's a fun class because there's so a lot many of different a lot of good options. players, but it's just nothing yeah. amazing. Well, we've gone through three positions. We were trying to get to five, but we are way over time, so we're going to push those away for later. David Hellman will have to come chime in a little bit on some of those other positions. But when we come back, we'll give you our newest edition of Twitter on the 20. Send in your questions to the draft show. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with 
our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Back here from the star in Frisco, the SWBC Mortgage Studios in the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Time now for some Twitter on the 20. Twitter on the 20. Yeah. Caden's back there. He's on top of things. He's like he's never skipped a beat. But... We've got some Twitter questions to get to. Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner, Kyle Yeomans. We continue to roll on here in episode number six of the draft show. We're going to start things off with Jeremy. Excuse me. Jeremy recently saw a Dallas Day article with several interesting names you've all mentioned in the past. If you could only have one Dallas Day prospect. Who would it be and what realistic Holy route? cow. Okay, let me give you guys some names of guys that are eligible for Dallas Day. Jeffrey Okuda Boom. is eligible for Dallas Day. <laughs> there's, there's my guy. James Prochet is eligible for Dallas Day. SMU. Jalen yep. Rager. TCU. LaVisca Chenault. He went to DeSoto. Justin Matabike. He went to McKinney North, I believe. Yes. Jeff Gladney. TCU. TCU. Devin Duvernay. Uh, Saxy. Yeah. Ross Blacklock, TCU D tackle. Eno Benjamin, the running back from Arizona State. He was There's, a Wiley East product. There are a t- Oh, wait. Sorry, guys. Mason Fine. North Texas. Quarterback of North Texas. Is that Woo! who you want? No. Never no, forget. The guys who are Caw. eligible to be Dallas Day, uh, it's a ridiculous list. So they could use their 30 visits on a lot of people, and then they could get an extra 10 first-rounders on Dallas Day to swing through if they wanted to. Did you put Jalen Rager in that list? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess, uh, ideally, if I could have any of them, uh, I'll take Jeffrey Okuda at 17. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> that would be nice, right? There's there's another name I want to throw out just because, I mean, it's it's there. The Cowboys are really, they're, they're 30 visits. You're right, man. They can pick and choose and kind of spread this thing out, which is what we've been kind of wanting them to do. Except if I were one of these guys, like if I were Jalen Rager, and they're like, hey, we want you to come to Dallas Day so we can save a visit, I'd be like, no. I, I'm visiting I want, by myself. Yeah. If I you want to talk to me, the like, I'm not forefront I, of this. I'm not coming with 50 dudes. 
Yeah. I'm going to come to the facility by myself for well, my visit. Extend the invite then and then decide if you want to invite him as a top 30. Because <laughs> yeah, you might know. not be picking any wide receivers in the first three rounds. and you may want to Hey, don't do that to me. I'm trying um, to get Jalen Rager on this team. <laughs> watch, uh, if you get a chance, Jeff, it's a little bit down the line. Uh, Darian Daniels, defensive lineman from Nebraska. Okay. okay. He's an interesting name to keep an eye on. Again, we're talking day three now, but that's a guy... Uh, who will be at Dallas Day, or will have a Dallas Day invite at least. Reggie Robinson's your guy, isn't he? Reggie Robinson from Tulsa is one of my favorite cornerbacks in the draft. In fact, I do have him graded better than your guy, uh, Damon Arnett. Holy from Ohio cow! State. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I love Reggie Robinson, the cornerback uh, from Tulsa. Wow. Uh, a Dallas Day invite as well. So I, I just I think there's it's great that you get this opportunity, and I think the Cowboys are one of the teams that really benefits because – of where they live, and we we crank out good football players here in the great state of Texas. But they, this year, even more more so than years past, I'm seeing a bunch of names pop yeah. on the Dallas Day potential list. And you know, if those players decide to show up or not, is up to. And them. I'll give you a I'll give you an offensive player and a defensive player that I would like to at least look at in terms of Dallas Day. Devin Duvernay of Texas, which we've talked about in a, in length because he could be a mid round product of of Saxe High School that could stay in the mm-hmm. DFW area. Of course, he went to Texas. Then you've got Jeff Gladney, who we just talked about a couple moments ago in our first segment from TCU. I like what he brings to the table. He's out of New Boston, Texas, which is, I don't even know where New Boston is, but he went to TCU, so that's all that matters. But that, there's two guys, and that's just a, a potential of the kind of guys that could be wearing the star on their helmet next year that are at Dallas Day because they fit into those needs yeah, and they're going to get an extra look at, no doubt about it. It'd be different if it was a bunch of offensive linemen, you know, or, or running backs. And yeah. there are some good running backs on that list as well uh, of who could potentially come to Dallas Day. But, you know, you, this team's probably not going to draft a running back. This team might not draft an offensive lineman. We'll see mm-hmm. how it goes. You know, we know the needs on this team, and I think that's very interesting that some of those uh, needs fit. And well, hopefully, these players all decide to come to Dallas. Realistic off that list, I would take either Justin Mad A Bouquet, Mad Mad Yeah, it's Mad yeah. Okay, I promise. I'm getting different ones here. I googled it. You googled it? Well. Trust me, I've gone back and forth. I've looked it up many times. <laughs> Either him or Ross Blacklock as your second-round pick, I could get down with that. that Either one nice. of those guys at D-tackle. I'd take one of those. That'd I mean, you're going secondary in the first or wide receiver, I guess. Yeah, don't worry about me. I'm taking Jeff wide receivers, Cavanaugh. 40 burgers. I'm a fan of both of those players. I think I like Blacklock a little bit more, but I think that is that is a good range for those guys, too. Yeah. You know, Those guys are guys who... Have a chance to be top 50 guys and have a chance to be guys where if you're on the clock in the second round, you're going, oh, are these guys going to be there? And the more I look at Blacklock, the more I don't know if he'll be there at 51. Because that's kind of a he might not kind of an iffy yeah, thing. Absolutely. And if he goes to the combine and shows out, uh, he may very well not be. Kind of sticking with the same theme. Our next question comes from Chip Peoples, and he asks, "What Texas product can improve their stock the most at the NFL Combine?" We just mentioned Ross Blacklock, but who else could? Come out of that, and that's not specifically about talking about the University yeah. of Texas. This is the state of Texas, and maybe even going back to high school. What about Colin Johnson? Colin Johnson. What if Colin Johnson runs a good forty and good agilities at six five or six six? If okay. he if he burns up to forty, uh, I think that could help him a ton. How's he going to look in the gauntlet where he's running laterally yeah. across the field, 
turning his shoulders, turning his hips to catch football. Is he going to labor he gonna in his good? routes? Is he um, going to turn a little bit and kind of have that Des Bryant motion? I, I'll say the same thing to a, to a little lesser extent, uh, extent to Baylor wide receiver Denzel Mims. Okay. Yeah. How is he going to look laterally across the field? I like his tape. You know, that's my, my favorite drill that the wide receivers do at the combine is the gauntlet where they just run across and they have to turn their catch a, catch a pass, drop the ball, catch a pass, catch a pass. You get to see it, get a good look at their hands. But also, you get a good look at how they turn their hips and and turn their body and their awareness and how mm-hmm. quickly they react. And I think that's one. James Prochet uh, from SMU is another yeah. wide receiver who needs to go run well. Mm-hmm. Quite frankly, I think he needs to go run well. Um, I think people have a little more faith in Devin Duvernay. I know I do. Um, and uh, moving away from from the wide receiver position, you know, I, I, I don't. Nothing's really jumping out at me. I guess in Texas, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Josh Jones of Houston. I was thinking Josh Maybe Jones, he's a guy. left tackle. He was a Senior Bowl guy. He may go run the fastest forty of offensive line. He's athletic, man, and he moves laterally really well. And I think he could potentially benefit another guy that's not a wide receiver. Eno, Eno Benjamin out of Arizona State. Um, but uh, kind of talking about Josh Jones, sticking with that, I mean, we're not really looking at these offensive linemen as uh, a Cowboys organization at the moment, but this is a guy at the Senior Bowl that was throwing punches, man. Yeah. I mean, he was mauling defensive linemen, and in a, really uh, a defensive line class that was impressive throughout the week in Mobile. I just think he moves so well on tape, and it reminds me of – you know, some of these left tackles or right tackles, uh, wherever they're going to play in the NFL, usually comes to how teams are, uh, how they need them at the point. But like I just think of, we've seen some stiff guys taken yeah. in the top, you know, fifteen. I remember Eric Flowers always jump at you from New York, and it's easy in hindsight to say that. But I remember yeah, we, were we said going, it at the time. We were all going, huh? And I think of Colton Davis from UCLA, though, who also was a little different. He was a guy. Or Colton Miller, I'm sorry, from UCLA, who the Raiders took at 18. And he was a guy who moved really well but didn't have the power. I think Josh Jones is more than just a good mover. Andre Dillard is a guy from Washington State last year who went in the first round. Mm -hmm. And he moved really well but also showed you the strength. And Josh Jones shows you enough strength on tape to make you go, okay, now there's some times where there's technique fumbles and his feet are kind of bad. Yeah, You worry about that a little bit. But, I mean, I I don't have any problem with him sneaking into the back half of the first round. If that if that were to happen, one more name to answer Chip's question before we move on. But uh, what about Courtney Davis out of Texas A and M? Kind of going back to wide receivers. This is a guy that was kind of a last minute addition to the Senior Bowl roster. Played semi well. I mean, he was definitely he held his own throughout the week in Mobile. He wasn't the best receiver there. I think Denzel Mims might have taken the cake on that one. I, but I think Courtney Davis, if he goes out and runs really well at the combine and puts up some numbers, he could potentially go from a late day three guy to he, late day two. He's going to run well, and for a, for a bigger guy too. I mean, six two, yeah, two oh five. At least that's what I have on him right now. Uh, he's going to run really well at the combine. I think he's going to run like my springtime on him was a four five three. I mean, I think he's going to run. You watch him on tape, you're going, okay, it's faster than that. Yeah. Um, so I think he's going to be a low four four guy, and you know he's really good after the catch. That's that's where he wins. Just get the ball into his hands. Does he always catch the ball with his hands? Does he have some drops? He absolutely yep. does. He's got some inconsistencies that make you nervous. I have him as a fourth round grade. You know, I kind mm-hmm. of a d- day three guy, early day three. I've got him as a fifth round grade. He, the, you see the explosiveness after the catch, um, big catch radius. You know, big target for the quarterback. I just 
There's so many drops and little things about his route running that make you go, oh, but once you get the ball in his hands, you're really happy that that happened. So that's how I feel about him. We didn't even mention, too, Jalen Rager again is Jeff's guy here. Jalen Rager may go. Go run a 4 2 8. Yeah. (laughs) Go out and run Henry Ruggs. That'd help your draft That would be interesting. That's how you go from being talked about at 35 to being talked about at. 10, yeah. 15. Is know? it going to help that Jalen Rager is going to rep out 225 like 30 times? Does and that help a wide receiver? 428. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to ask, are we doing squats here? Do we not do that? Put 800 on. Oh, man. Uh, let's move on. Next question comes from Jack Parsley. And Jack asks, could you see the Cowboys addressing backup quarterback in this year's draft? If so, where? With Dak making big money next season, I'd like to have a quality backup who's cheap for the next four years. And also, not to mention, Cooper Rush's contract is up. As well, so quarterbacks go so fast. They do, and this year, quarterback. I mean, yeah, outside of the top five quarterbacks, and then I would maybe throw in Jalen Hurts because I'm actually interested in that backing up Dak, not as an NFL starter, no, but as a guy who has similar positive traits coming out of college. In college, too. Yeah, like I'm interested in that if I can use a fourth round pick on him. But too big of a name though with this organization and with a guy like Dak Prescott bringing in a name. Like Jalen Hurst. I mean, if it, would that if it is, I think that would be a problem with your starting quarterback. I'd be like, wait, we're worried about who's exactly. behind us. Yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. should be, and I don't think Dak would be. Heck, sell some backup jerseys. Uh, Jerry will love it. I, I am interested in Eason from Washington as another name, but after that, yeah, and then I, he's going to go in like the top forty, and you're going to be it, like, oh, what? And what I, are we doing? He shouldn't be going in the top forty. <laughs> right? You, you know what I would do. Seventh round, if uh, Jake Fromm's still on the board from Georgia. He's not going to be there. I just want a guy who's going to be the scout team guy. Make sure you're throwing it to the right spot. (laughs) I mean, look. What if Fromm's there in the third? If you're not willing to invest in an actual backup quarterback, then what are we doing? And that's kind of the question. Just go sign a veteran. Go grab a – Just go get someone. Yeah. What about Anthony Gordon? That sounds easy, but I'm not – if my quarterback gets hurt, I'm probably screwed. Okay? okay, it's a luxury. If my quarterback gets hurt and I find a way to survive, I hear you, Tom Moore. If you're going to do that, <laughs> if 19 goes down, we're effed. We don't practice effed. Exactly, and that's the dude. That's the that's the story, 18, right? 18 was Peyton Manning. If you're going to pay your quarterback too, that's the story. Yeah, right. If you're paying your quarterback, well, I'm not going to be able to invest much in a backup quarterback. It's mm-hmm. fine. I'm not going to be do what the Saints did. So Bring, you're you're Mcdez. He's yeah, got a big arm. You think the Saints? Let's be honest. You think the Saints? I know Teddy had to play this year. Yeah. But you think the Saints were happy about not having that extra ten million dollars of cap room to go get another offensive weapon this year? That's true. They could have done. They could have done have that. Been able to do that. I don't know who that weapon would have been. You think they would rather have that extra weapon or the five and zero they went with their backup quarterback? Could Taysom Hill have gone five and zero? No. no. Does Sean Payton think Taysom Hill could have gone five and zero? No, or he'd have played him. Yeah, he played less yeah. when Teddy was playing than he did, than when, he Breeze did when Breeze was, was there. Yeah. yeah, Taysom Hill was rooted to the bench, <laughs> but he's a franchise quarterback, guys. Yeah, I mean, shout out on, to guys. that special teams coach who I knew Goodness exactly gracious. what he looked like before I even looked him up. <laughs> you tell right. me Taysom Hill throws it better than Lamar Jackson. I know a lot of things about you. I yeah. promise. So, KT, you're saying you would rather spend those latter round. Picks on other needs than potentially backup. It might be wide receivers. <laughs> you might just load it up with wide receivers. <laughs> well, I mean, in this class, maybe what's going to be there for you in round five? Yeah, is there going to be a good player? There'll be a good receiver. Let's say a James yeah. Prochet from SMU's there for you. Yeah, in round five. Where's Denzel Mims going? Am I going to be able to get him in like the fourth round? 
Gosh, I wish. I haven't been second, awesome. and I, but I don't see anybody really him, talking about him that way. I have an early third-round grade on him, but I could see him being there in the fourth. I think the mystery, I've got him in the third round, but the mystery of the Baylor wide receiver, I think, keeps a lot of people quiet on Baylor. Tough. But I do think it's changed. I'm putting way too much stock into the senior bowl, seeing him run routes where I'm no, like, no, man. he can run routes. He I, can do this. He's legit, though. I liked it on tape before yeah. the senior bowl. I was all happy with it. So uh, I I thought the Senior Bowl was reassurance for what I was seeing on tape from him. But in the end, that was only good enough to be my 13th ranked wide receiver in this year's class. So that's how it goes. That's what we're talking good. about. 13 will go goes. in the top three rounds. I guarantee it. Yeah. Ooh. I guarantee okay, it. 13 three, receivers will be gone in the three first rounds three rounds. Three is, what, 94 picks? Something like that? 32, 64, 96. 96, 96 picks. picks. And you got some comp picks starting in the third. So yes. maybe it's like 100 so picks. Let's say top 100. Mm-hmm. 13 wide receivers in the top 100. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to be a good <laughs> Vegas over-under. Oh, dude. How many receivers go that early? Over. I over. think it would be over, too. First round, you said it at Judy, 13? Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, Rager. maybe Rager and Chenault. You're going to have five in the first round. You didn't even throw T. Higgins in there, Maybe either. T. Higgins. You're getting 13 okay. in the first three okay. rounds. You're getting mm. You're getting oh, That's man, interesting to think about. Yeah, lots of wide receivers out there, and... It'll be interesting to see where the Cowboys go in terms of if they could back up their quarterback in the draft, but it looks like maybe that's not necessarily the best option out there. Our best option is to take a quick break. Jefferson, when we come back, we're going to finish up some this or that from last week. We've got four scenarios. Who's the better player? We'll tell you when we come back on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too... Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. Where you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping. And that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. This This is the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. One final segment here from the star in Frisco. 
Glad you're with us here on the DallasCowboys.com draft show. Kevin Turner, Jeff Cavanaugh, Kyle Yeomans with you. And guys, we were talking about that over under in terms of wide receivers in the first three rounds of the draft. 2019, there were 13. 2018, 10. 2017, there were 14, or right at 13, actually. Yeah. So we've had over, we've had under, and we've had a push in the past three years. So the Vegas in terms line. Of 13 over under. I'll set it at 14 and a half. 14 and a I half. I think there will be at least 15. I'm up in my number. There will be at least 15 receivers but in you're the first three it at rounds. 14 and a half, so you can take the over. Yes, 14 and a half. Okay. It's the over under. Okay, interesting. There you go. And I think it'll be probably over that as well. Uh, just with a class like this, I think there's probably going to be a run of that early on. My football team would be terrible because I would draft. I'd have 11 receivers active on game You'd have day. No defense. Everybody'd be so confused. Yeah, I'm looking at my wide receivers 16 through 20 though right now, and I'm going, man, I'd like to have that. That'd be <laughs> yeah, nice, third wouldn't it? Quintez Cephas from Wisconsin is my wide receiver 16, and he's my Michael Gallup comp. Nice. With, without what? the without the production. Okay. Oh. But on the field, who looks like to me? Van Jefferson of Florida, yeah, wide receiver 17. Wide receiver 18, Colin Johnson of Texas. He's at 18. Brian Edwards of South Carolina, wide receiver 19. Just load up. And then James Prochet of SMU, wide receiver 20. 20. Wow, that's unbelievable. Well, while sticking with the wide receivers, we'll talk about a pair of them here coming up in just a little bit. But, KT, you had some this or that last week where we played GM. We were building our board. We just showed you a couple of our boards, but we're going to continue building these off of some of the scenarios that you had last week, and you had a pair of really highly rated running backs to start us off this week. Let's talk about that. I am interested. We haven't talked a lot about the running back position because, you know, the Cowboys signed Zeke to that big contract. My this or that for the running back position, I want you guys to not look at your team, just pick the best player. Who do you want on your team? Is it J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State, or is it DeAndre Swift of Georgia? Now, those are my top two rated running backs. Mm -hmm. I know that's not what the world may think. Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin might deserve. Why are you hating on Zach Moss and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Zach Moss of Utah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire needs Clyde Edwards-Hilaire of LSU. All those guys are in the mix there. But this is my this or that for today. Zach, uh, 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 J.K. Dobbins of Ohio State or DeAndre Swift of Georgia? I have to tell you that I'm doing this only off of live viewings as I have not studied running backs yet. I'll expose my own ignorance and I'll tell you in live viewings. Well, you cover the Cowboys for a living. That's right. And they're not? Running backs and offensive line, I'll tell you. I'll get to in a week or two. You'll get, you'll get there. <laughs> I love DeAndre Swift. They're both great. Yeah. Just watching live, DeAndre Swift popped to me. Well, and I think if you're going to get one of these two guys, you're, you're going to be pumped about it. I, I think would advise, you're going to be. Oh, you know what? Okay, here's my new official take. Okay. Neither. Whichever one oh. doesn't go in the first round because you shouldn't waste a first round pick on a running back. Wow. Thank you. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take whichever one's available in the third. Neither one are going to be there in the third. All right. Who will be? I'll take uh, it. Eno uh, Benjamin. Uh, Let's uh, go. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably you know Benjamin. If you can block, they'll, they'll run well. If you can't, they won't. Um, I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins here. I think he's a bigger back. He's more experienced. He may have had a little bit more of the tread taken off those tires over the course of his college career because he was a, a starter for the majority of it and took a lot of carries. That's why yeah. you saw the statistical comparison on that graphic, and he's almost doubling up what DeAndre Swift had. Swift had some injury issues, and that kind of bothers me. And it's It wasn't necessarily one single injury issue that scared me. It was more so the fact that it, they were lingering over the course of his college career, sat out the, the Sugar Bowl against yeah. Baylor, and 
I had a lot of that. Now I know that could have been a business decision, but he also said that he had some issues in terms of the health in that regard. So I'm going to take J.K. Dobbins just because even though he is more experienced and he has taken a couple more hits, I think he's the better back. He's a little bigger as well. I'm going to break the tie, and I'm going to tell you guys that it's close. Um, It's DeAndre Swift for me. And when I watched him, you're going to get a little bit uh, extra burst with him, a little more ability to take it to the house. But I think there's a situation with Swift. If you watch Georgia, what were teams doing? And this will tell you a little bit of what you need to know about Jake Fromm, I would think. Yeah. Teams were just loading the box. And they were and they were still – he was running through eight-man boxes. Mm-hmm. And he was running tough through there. And he was finding a way. Now, you go watch J.K. Dobbins, and you're going to see holes galore to run through. I mean, yeah. you go just uh, wide open spaces. And that's where I kind of went, man, this wide Swift guy. Wide open space. And it's Swift? Wow. Yeah. So I'm picking You did Swift. that on purpose, didn't you? No. Okay, I don't know if she sings that, but there's <laughs> no, a female the, country singer. Huh? I believe it's the Dixie Chicks. Yeah. Oh, so. Sorry, man. Sometimes. You need to study up on that tape, too. Yeah, I think the Swift song was Blank Space, I think. Okay. Sorry, I don't oh, know. Are we why am I outed Swift? myself That's there? My yeah, how did you do that? That was my fault. So there it is. <laughs> no, enough, enough running back talk. Let's go to the next one. Okay. The next one is, Jeff, you're going to like this. Wide receiver matchup. Another big versus little. Mm. USC wide receiver Michael Pittman versus Texas wide receiver Devin DuVernay. Well, currently... Michael Pittman is my sixth receiver, and Devin Duvernay. Okay, why are we saying it like that? Is fourteenth or fifteenth? What do you mean? Duvernay. It's Duvernay. Oh, okay. I was I'm just copying just, KT. I yeah. didn't know. Well, I didn't know if it was like a bit. Yeah. I, was I didn't know if KT. it was a legit thing or not. Uh, for me, there's a big difference between those two. I love Michael Pittman. I love, love, love Michael Pittman. I like Devin Duvernay. He was your pet cat our first episode. Yeah, Michael Pittman's my guy. At 6'4", 219, he doesn't move like he's 6'4", 219. He moves like he's a six-foot guy. Like He's a good route runner. He'll mm-hmm. go high point the ball. He tracks the ball. I like everything about Michael Pittman. To me, he's a top... 50 to 60 pick. Really? That's to me. I don't get to pick. So maybe he'll go in the third or fourth round. I don't know. But to me, Duvernay is more of a third to fourth round guy. Okay. And Pittman is a second to third round guy. Um, there's a famous director, Ava Duvernay. That's why oh, okay. she's held down that name and the only person to know that name for years. I thought, so now I, Duvernay. I just I guess, wanted to be a part of the bit yeah. if it were a bit. Uh, no. I no. like that, though. I've got Pittman graded higher than du- uh, Duvernay. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be tough you for you. You can say it, Duvernay. Wide it's receiver fine. 10 for me, Michael Pittman. What is Duvernay? Wide receiver 11. Oh, my. And that's why you picked it. Yeah. That's and then, you, you know, right behind that. them, a guy we haven't talked about, John Hightower of Boise State. And we mm-hmm. know this team likes picking Boise State guys. John Hightower is kind of a fun name. I know we're going outside of the, of the. Yes. Wow. Uh, I think. You think that's too high or too low? Too you, low. Oh, you're saying he's too hating? high. Oh, too high. Too high. Too high. I have a friend named Brian that I think likes Hightower, too, so I probably need to do him next. Sounds like he's pretty good. Just this the pure speed, and what's he going to run at the Combine, too? My springtime on him is a 4-4-1. Uh, wow. and, and, and you know what? He's he's tall, lanky, you know, mm-hmm. which is kind of kind of strange. My, my spring weight on him is 185. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what that checks in at the Combine. I'm very interested to see his measurements. 6-1 is the height. He plays like some of these... Little slot guys, these separators who can I get like open. That. I yeah. like and that. And you can do a lot for him. I, I've, what I wrote in my notes is that he, and he also has returnability. I wrote that he's shifty and he is a versatile pawn for the offense. You can use him in motion for jet sweeps, a pawn, slip screens. Pawn's three. the weakest piece on the board. 
I don't know. Don't not just like a, a pawn. It's just a, something in your arsenal. Okay. There you go. Yeah. But uh, a bishop, rook, <laughs> a, a queen. I don't know. He will be a rook. Yeah. How that's about true. Just wide receiver for the offense? There yeah. Go. There you go. Um, uh, I'm going to pick Duvernay here just to oh. kind of b- break up the monotony here. You would, Kyle. The guy. I mean, the guy has unbelievable hands. He runs routes very well. And one thing about Duvernay, and this is this might go against my point, but I'm going to say it anyways. Whenever watching film on Duvernay, it almost looks like he's not going 100% when he's running routes. Specifically, I was watching the Kansas State game. He had a pretty nice game. I think he had over 100 yards, and I think he had like 11 catches or something like that. And in the Kansas State game, it seemed like Duvernay was almost going 80%. Like It seemed like he was kind of gliding. And he made it look effortless. That's kind of what I'm talking buster. about. I feel like he the really Big 12 is. is so much zone, and maybe that I ding guys for that, where it's yeah. like, I want to see you torching people who line up in front of you. Who will challenge you and press up against yeah. you. Yeah, and I see that. But he, he still has separation. He faced man-to-man in the senior bowl practices, and he fared quite well in the middle of it. He's a slot burner. I'm interested, kind of how you're interested, at Hightower, Boise State, and how he is going to end up being measured at the NFL Combine. I'm excited about yeah. seeing Duvernay and what he runs, and I want to see the, the, the cone drill. I want to see all of it and see exactly what we have have with Devin Duvernay because right now when I watch film I see a guy who doesn't drop passes which as a Cowboys fan I'm a little scarred by that at the moment and I like the guy who has the the security of catching a ball and at the same time I also like the fact that maybe we haven't seen all of Devin Duvernay at the moment and maybe we could oh I like that I think I think it's close And, and again this type of thing will come down to what teams need uh next one is edge rushers here nice all this or that action Boise State defensive end Curtis Weaver mm-hmm. going up against Tennessee defensive end Daryl Taylor. Man, I feel like you stole this off of my board because I have their tags touching. Interesting. <laughs> In the third round. Generally, if they're in any type of this or that situation, I have them touching as well. I have them touching in the fourth round, though. I, I've got a couple people in between, so we're fine. I have Taylor. I got Taylor just ahead of Weaver on my board. The production that Weaver's had is incredible. Um, Both of them have pretty good production. I yeah. I hate with with Weaver. What I don't like is the level of competition. Just I'm, the fact that he's a Mountain West guy as opposed I, to SEC. I'm watching him just literally run around. He did that tackles. a couple times. Yeah, he's just running around, guys. And with Taylor, I'm watching him in the SEC at. Under 260 pounds, be stout enough to kind of stand up to and manhandle offensive tackles. I like Taylor a little bit better, and I'm open to being wrong on Weaver, but his production, I discount some of it because I've just seen him just run in circles around guys who aren't going to be playing football anymore. Okay. You know, my, my situation with Taylor is, I, and I, I have Taylor's that, who my pick would be just because of, I do think he's a little bit more athletic than Weaver. With Taylor, my concerns are he just ran so hot and cold. When you're watching some of these games, yes. it's like, okay, there's a big stack of production, and then there's nothing for three quarters. Yeah, And then it kind of then you branch it out to a season, and you go, well, there's a big stack of production, and there's nothing for three or four games. Sometimes laid off the ball, little things like that, but you do see the pure speed to get around the edge. With Weaver, you don't really see the speed to get around the edge. You just see a guy just finding a way, just doing it somehow. <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of Daryl Taylor's primary pass rush plan. Yeah. Attacking the outside, uh, outside shoulder of the tackle, and every once in a while I'll flash inside, but I'm going to use my quickness to win. I, I do worry about the instincts a little bit, knowing when it's a run play or pass play. Uh, and how quickly he can diagnose all that stuff. With Weaver, you don't have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. 
Well, with Taylor, I do, but I, I'm betting. And if, if I have a fourth round grade on these guys, what am I betting on here? I'm betting on some upside. I'm betting on some trades here. And that's why I have Taylor just ahead of Weaver. But I mm-hmm. could see if you're a front office, you may have the conversation to go back and forth with your buddies going, man, we, this is a safe thing, safe thing right here. This Curtis Weaver guy from Boise State, yeah. he can be my backup defensive end right here. Yeah. I, I, I could give him some snaps. And I could say, well, Daryl Taylor, I might be able to convert into a starter one day because the upside is incredible. So uh, Daryl Taylor wins by a skosh here. But uh, it's a close one, and I like this debate. And I'm going to, once again, I'm taking the different one. I'm taking Weaver, and it's just because he's a little bit wider, a little bit heavier. But I see what you're saying in terms of the upside of Taylor. He's got a better build. He 100% does. He's a little bit leaner. He has that athleticism. He faced tougher competition over the course of his career. That's why he only had the 19.5 sacks compared to the 34 that Curtis Weaver had. But i got to stay kind of short with mine. we got one more we're going to get to. Right now, cornerbacks, who you got? Yeah, this is going to be fun, right? It's Mississippi State cornerback Cameron Dantzler against Auburn no! cornerback. You okay? Tags t- you going tags touching on me, Make me choose between my guys. <laughs> Auburn cornerback Noah Igbenogany. Igbenogany. Noah Igbenogany. So Cameron Dantzler is 6'2", 185. Igbenogany is 5'11", 200. And here's the thing about Cameron Dantzler, at least when I watched him. My immediate takeaway was, holy cow, this guy does not play like I thought he was going to play. You know, all these tall, kind of lanky dudes. Now, he's not going to come up and help out on the run a lot, but like he's not getting pushed around during the route like yeah. a 180-pound guy would. So I, I thought his play strength was really good. He allowed under 500 yards you know, in two straight years at Mississippi State in the SEC, which you know, now some of those schools that you're going up again are, are flinging it around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think he plays stronger than 180 pounds. I think he does a good job working through contact. He's got those long strides. He's probably going to go run a four five, maybe a maybe a late four nine. Uh, I mean four four nine, uh, four four eight area. Maybe he runs that, and I think that helps him a little bit. He's my sixth graded cornerback. I got a second round grade on him. I just love the quickness and long speed that that Dantzler has yeah. and the length. I take Dantzler by a, by a sliver. Really? I have Dantzler wow. as my seventh cornerback, and I got Noah as my eighth quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't get over how good his tape was against LSU. Yeah. Dantzler against really LSU good. was so, so good. Yeah. And uh, Igbenogany, uh, I lost it, but he also had incredible tape. I love both of them. They're my seventh and eighth corners. And uh, I barely go Dantzler. I feel okay about it. I barely go Dantzler, but uh, Florida and Minnesota tape on Igbenogany. I loved him. Do you worry about Noah Igbenogany <laughs> from Auburn? Do you worry about him being like just kind of being new to this cornerback thing? I he mean, does he seem was a, a little raw. Well, he was a wide receiver and he yeah, transitioned to cornerback, and he was really good. But that happens all the time, man. I I think that I also I, it does happen sometimes, but I just think cornerback is a position where technically you got to be on, mm-hmm. you know, all the time. And with Dantzler, you see that a little bit. You know, Dantzler didn't play like an awkward six foot two cornerback, mm-hmm. and that's sometimes you see that with those taller no, he's guys. He's twitched up. He's, he's twitched in your up real ready estate. to go. Yeah. So here's I have Dantzler as a better player on my board, but I'm going to throw a wrench into things, and I think Igbenogany is a guy who. Could or is more likely to end up on the Dallas Cowboys, and I'll give you a reason why. He returns kicks and he returns them well. Yeah. He averaged over 28 yards per return this year. He had at least a 96 yard touchdown run in each of his last two seasons. 
and he's good at any kick return, punt return. He did both for Auburn, and he was good. That's at why it. I'm trying to get Rager 21 yards per punt return. That'd last be fun. Year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something too I want to mention about Dantzler too, though, and this is maybe helps give him the edge. Yeah. It helps if you're that much taller. But do you do you play six two? And we'll see what he measures in at the combine. But there was also in zone coverage. There's a couple plays where he's floating in zone coverage, and he's able to get his hand on a ball that a 5'11 guy, quite frankly, wouldn't get his hand on. Don't yeah. you take shots at Igbenogany. He might jump 48 inches. He's he good. might. He's probably going to be 5'9 at the Combine, like we talked about at yeah, the top of the show. short, yeah. Yep, that's okay. But he's short, Daddy. Man, these this or that's tough, KT. Well done. Yeah. All, both last week and this week as well. But that's going to do it here for this week's episode of the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. Dave Hillman will be back next week as he's done in New Orleans. Jeff Cavanaugh, Kevin Turner will be here as well with myself, Kyle Yeomans. We'll preview the NFL Combine and get you set for Indianapolis next week. Thanks for joining us this week on the DallasCowboys.com Draft Show. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about that?